Hi everyone, how are we doing? Thank you very much for being back. Welcome to our podcast. Um, this is the I Know Nothing About Property podcast and we're in episode 12, episode 12 and today's one is going to be exciting. <laughs> Today, Harry is no longer excited about uh, new episodes anymore. I'm ill. I'm ill. I've got an excuse this week. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, well, I'm still excited about ex- episode 12. I'm excited about every episode we actually do. Harry's ill, guys. Give him some time to get get himself better. And this so, week's story um, week anyway, isn't it, mate? You've had something happen to you this week. So we thought this week we'd let Muzzy share his story um, and kind of share the bad bits in property because this is an odd one, to say the least. <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely crazy. And, yeah, it's story week today. And I'm just going to talk about what's happened in in one of our service accommodation units and um well i'm still baffled about what happened so we're just going to talk about the story from scratch and, and, and actually let you know what happened so this is a um a two two bedroomed house it's a terrace property that we're using for service accommodation it's been operating now for the past i would say eight months ish on and off and um the past couple of days, I think this was about four or five days ago, we had a booking inquiry. Someone who actually contacted me directly mm-hmm. over the phone. Um, and as, as, as curious as I was about the fact that they got my phone number from somewhere, I was just too excited about the fact that it was a seven night booking and it looked like a corporate booking as well. So for anyone who's in service accommodation, they'll understand what I mean. If it looks like a corporate booking and it's a long-ish term, it's seven days, so it's long-ish term booking where they're looking to pay for um, pay full price. And likely to return again. And likely to return again as well. So usually with corporate bookings, they will take it for a week and just test out the property. And if it works fine for them, they're most likely going to come back for a longer period. And I'm thinking, ah, this is the pilot booking, you know. Uh, This property hasn't been performing very well. So it's about time we get some corporate bookings from this one. So I thought, let's do this. So we accepted the booking. Had no idea what we're we're taking on. Accepted the booking, uh, sent the the check-in information. So as part of the process, we send a form that they fill in that tells us the name, the purpose of the uh, visit, it allows them to upload their ID and tell us information about what they're there for, which is how we can assess whether this is a potential long-term booking or not. So did that, follow the process, everything was done correctly and um, came the day for them to check in, sent them the check-in details. And we've got, <clears throat> we've got a, um, a camera door, um, one of those ring doorbells at the door. And as soon as someone turns up, it will ping on our phones to say someone is at the door and we had to look. And this is where the strange part actually started. This booking was a a booking for one person. And then when the camera doorbell pinged, there was two people there and neither one of them matched the ID of the person who we had the ID from. And I was thinking, oh, what's going on here? (laughs) What's happening here? Straight away. 
<laughs> at this point, to be fair, I wasn't too alarmed at this point. I thought, well, okay, um, they had someone accompany them to the property and then one of them is going to stay, the other one's going to go. But then it didn't quite click too much about what's about to happen. So we saw them come towards the door and they went straight for the lockbox and we could see them fiddling with the knock the lockbox didn't take long they managed to get hold of the keys and i thought okay so it's definitely them because they've got the check-in details we had recently changed the code there's no way of them knowing the code if we hadn't given it to them and then seconds after that the camera went blurry as if someone is blocked it i could still hear things happening but i couldn't see anything and my first thought was something's gone wrong with the app so let me refresh it i refreshed it twice and it still wouldn't work. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to need to uninstall this app and reinstall it. I didn't think about anything else. And as I was trying to do that, I get a phone call from my neighbor. This is one of the most worrying things that you ever want to hear from what your that, neighbor. What was that thought when you saw the, your neighbor? <laughs> when, when the neighbor rang, I thought, oh, okay, this is odd because my neighbor <laughs> doesn't ring me. <laughs> they don't actually ring me that often oh, so um, <laughs> i've got a good relationship with that neighbor but then they don't they don't tend to ring me for for anything um last time they called me sometime last year when there was a fire alarm but then it wasn't from our house it was from somewhere else so they just wanted to clarify um but when they called me i'm like oh that's a bit odd and there's me answering the phone uh, in in a high chirpy mood hey how you doing what's going on and the first thing he said was are you moving out <laughs> now, that concerned me straight away i have no plans of being of going anywhere and um the first thing he said is are you moving out and i thought why would you ask that question and he says because there's two blokes carrying your furniture out the house and i was like what Oh, are you kidding me you couldn't write it I, couldn't write it oh, i could not believe it and i thought nah he must be joking he's like yeah mate this is i can see them two of them are carrying a table outside now they're just dropping in in a car and i froze for a good 10 seconds i didn't say anything i just didn't know what to do and then i said all right i need to come off the phone got off the phone rang the police and you know that message that they usually i've, I've watched these 999 films before where they they keep having a go at people who ring for things that are not emergencies so i just don't know what an emergency is anymore and when i made the phone call the first thing they say is are you looking for fire brigade police ambulance and i was like police and when the police actually got on the phone i apologized first and said i'm not entirely sure if i've rang the right number but this is what's happening at my house and then um did you because yeah i did I did, actually, I, I did actually apologize first. No, no, I mean, did you ring the right number? Did they let you know that it was the right number or? Oh, no, at this point, they didn't actually say anything. Oh, okay. they, they just said, okay, um, they'll need to respond. But because I rang on my mobile phone, I was in a different area to where the crime was taking place. Yeah. So they must track where the, the, the phone call is coming from. So they send you to that police department. And then what they actually said was, well, you're in this police department. You're supposed to be in that one. And I was like, mate, I'm sorry. I just called 999. <laughs> I didn't actually decide which department I wanted to talk to. And they said, no, no, don't worry about it. We'll send you to the right one. And to be fair, they responded. They actually got to the property within about half an hour. 
But as you can imagine, if someone is looking to loot your house and take things out of it within half an hour, a half lot of it hour. is already missing. Half an hour, they could have taken yeah. half of the, the value. Half an hour, literally almost everything was gone. So when the police officer actually got there, the lockbox was open with no key inside and the doors were locked. So they tried to walk around to the back. The doors were locked. It didn't look like anyone was inside. They, made, they called me back and said, look, there's no one inside. There's no key here. Um, you need to come here and, and secure your property, of which we then sent an operations manager to go over to the property and with the intention of changing the locks. And there's me thinking, okay, that was the whole story. That was the scam. They're going to just, you know, get there, empty the entire house with the hope that the furniture that they've pinched, they're going to sell it for more than what they've paid. And I thought that was the whole story. <laughs> I was I was in for a surprise there, Harry. <laughs> so <laughs> operations manager got to the property. I'm expecting them to go into the house and it's completely empty. Um, and when they got there, they found three people inside the house. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So when the police got there, they locked themselves inside the house, stayed quiet as if there was no one there. And um, the police left and they just stayed. And I'm thinking, why would you steal stuff out of someone's house and stay in the house? It's, it just makes no sense. So you'd when my up manager... You'd be, you'd be on your way, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, you'd want to pick up what you want to pick up, get out as quickly as possible before anyone sees you. Well, you know, I'm thinking... If they listen to this podcast, they won't do it again, will they? <laughs> Listening to this podcast, they'll be finding ways to do it differently this time. <laughs> oh, but so the ops manager got there and um, there's three people inside the house and the three people claimed that they've booked the property. They're supposed to be in that house. They've paid for it. So what's the problem? And there was a bit of an argument that kicked off to start with. And then eventually they kind of ran out the house when the, op uh, the operations manager was asking, so where's the furniture? Where's the TV? Where's all the stuff that we bought that's supposed to be here? And when they kind of realized what was going on, they kind of ran and left some of their stuff in the house. And I thought, okay, so that was their plan then. They were thinking they're going to stay for the day or stay for the seven days, completely wipe out the entire house and, and make money out of it. Again, I was in for another surprise. <laughs> so we got the operations manager to get um, key locks uh, uh, changed. So they changed the unit so that if they had gone out and, and um, taken the keys with them, they can't come back into the property. So we changed the locks and secured the property. And um, the next day, at this point, I'm thinking we're going to need to replace all of this furniture that's been pinched. The next day, we started buying the new furniture and replacing it to get the property ready, set up for, for another booking. And we did that, got it ready. And then later on in the evening, on the next day, I get a phone call from one of the agents that we worked with letting me know that there's someone outside my house trying to get in. And my first thought was, surely they wouldn't try to steal and come back and try to get back into the house again. Do it all over again. And do it all over again. That would be stupid, right? <laughs> and, and then actually try to make a phone call to, to someone to gain access into the property. And then uh, I managed to get a hold of their number and I spoke to them. And my... 
when I was speaking to them, I was convinced I was talking to the people that stole the furniture. But nope. it turns out that's not the case. So this chap, this poor guy, um, it turns out what happened in the day before when they stole the property, when they stole the furniture, they were taking pictures and videos and then they advertised the property on Gumtree as a long-term tenancy. And some poor soul showed interest. They um, had a video tour whilst the people were in there. They had a video tour on WhatsApp and then decided, yeah, I want the house. They paid the first month's rent, they paid the deposit and they were given keys. So when they went out earlier on in the day, they must have gone and did um, made copies of the keys. And they gave those copies to this chap. This chap got there, tried to get in. The keys wouldn't work because obviously we've changed the locks. And he's trying to get into his new home because he's paid the first month's rent, he's paid the deposit. And I'm like, you could not write this. This Now I have to break the bad news to this chap that he's just been duped. And it's, it's not even something we could set up just for a podcast episode, is it? Because <laughs> you'd have to be... You know what I mean? You'd have to be hella creative to bloom in. <laughs> to actually get to this point, to act, uh, I'm like, are you kidding me? There is, there is no way you could write this. Even if I were to try to create a scenario, I wouldn't go this far. But... um. <laughs> I personally, not gonna lie, um, after Muzzy was okay, not as stressed, I was finding it quite, quite funny. <laughs> just the fact it is one of the story, it's it, just the fact it happens. Oh, telling you, it is one of those where after you've gone through the emotions, you've got to laugh at it. Could like, not believe that like, was the case. Telling, you were telling people, and everyone was just, What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know the first thing you kind of think is maybe there's something that I have done wrong I shouldn't have allowed that to happen and because of that I started speaking to people who are doing the same thing who are running the business doing better things than me and saying look this is what's happened and um, even they were thinking what on earth what is going on <laughs> like, what is going on why would anyone do something like that and um, it kind of reassured me that, you know, even though in every security process that you've set up, there's always room for improvement, but this is just mad. It's just absolutely mad. But, but yeah, that's the story. So as it stands at the moment, if anyone is, is wondering, they haven't been caught yet. It's still actually going through investigations because they left some stuff in my house after that um the police actually went today um the the forensic department went in to see if they can pick up some fingerprints so we'll see we'll see if they actually find anything Maybe. but this is this is absolutely crazy absolutely crazy so they did actually pay for seven nights yeah this is the other thing they paid for seven nights which is 650 pounds that they paid through a card and the, the payment was processed, happy days. And we were thinking, okay, fair enough. You stole some of our furniture. We're gonna use the funds that you've paid in to be able to recoup it. And then this morning, it was this morning, weren't it? It was yesterday. This morning we had the email. Yeah. This morning an email came through uh, and the payment was disputed as a fraudulent payment. Some poor person had their card stolen and it was highlighted as a fraudulent case. So we've actually lost that as well. 
So this is a complete, complete loss from us because not only have they stolen the furniture, um, we've missed out on an opportunity for the seven days booking for someone else. And also we've replaced everything. I mean, you've, so, you've got to give it to them. They <laughs> were good at what they did. That, that, was, that was actually a good one. They that were, was actually a good they one. They were good at scamming. You can't say anymore. They and were. I'm like, wow. This is the type of story, you know, that would scare someone from getting started thinking, you know, why would I actually do service accommodation if something like this is going to be happening anyway? But um, I, I can't reiterate how rare something like this is. And, and the reason I am comfortable actually sharing it, yeah. I was going to say the reason I'm comfortable sharing it is, is, is because there's some clever minds out there that can come up with better solutions on how to make sure this doesn't happen again. <laughs> and if people have these challenges and they don't share them, no one is going to come up with solutions because they don't even know that these are problems that are possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it's something that um, doesn't happen a lot. But when it does happen, you remember it. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> I can actually picture myself 10 years down the line thinking, oh, you will not believe this. This <laughs> happened to me years ago. You, you will not believe this. But yeah, oh, we were going to actually do a proper podcast, but then this was just this was just too much to ignore. So we thought we're going to do a podcast and make it a storytelling one and just share what's happened in our service accommodation unit. Yeah. And um, it's only going to be a short episode, but this story yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> It's a mad one. It's a mad one. I actually posted on Facebook yesterday the brief story about it. And there's been so many people that are really supportive, which is really nice. And a few people that have brought in some suggestions and what you can do going forward. But the majority of people are as shocked as we are to think, what? Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But that was good. That was good. If 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 the person who actually did it is listening to this podcast, that was a good scam, mate. That was a good one. Mad. Yeah, that's the story, peeps. That's the story. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back with a, a proper episode next week. I know, it, as we said, I know this was a short one, but it was definitely a story worth telling. So thanks everyone. And we'll see you all next week.